Welcome back to the Strength and Speed Podcast. I'm your host, Strength and Speed owner and Conquer the Gauntlet Pro, Evan Preparis. And joining me again, I have Brenda Calvert. Brenda, welcome back. What's up? Glad to be back. Yeah, someone stated recently that the sometimes present Brenna, so here I am again. <laughs> I know, we're on a streak. Um, I know I don't re- always release them in, in sequential order, but we are on a streak here. And we are using a new recording program, so if some of the audio sounds funny, that might be the reason. And Brenna's also driving in a car. So that might be some background noise there. But yeah, we're going to see how it goes. And uh, we'll see Yeah, we'll see how the episode comes out based off the new recording program. So we're not going to do any today's episodes brought to you by because we're going to end up talking about a lot about sponsors towards the second half of the episode. So this episode, this episode we're going to be talking about Brenna and I's big trip to Kuwait for the Hannibal race. And we're going to be talking about new Conquer the Gauntlet Pro Team sponsors. Some of them have been in the sport for a while. Some of them are new and you may not have heard of them. So we just kind of want to show them to you and show you and highlight some of these companies that are investing in the sport of OCR and they're uh, you know, giving us some, some perks. So we'd like to share some of those discounts and some of the other stuff with you about those uh, new companies. Yeah. So let's start from the, the first big news, right? Um, if you watched our Facebook video about a week or two ago as of this recording, we announced that we are going back to the Middle East for the Hannibal race, which we went to, was it two years ago now, Brenna? I think officially, yeah, if you think to the date. <laughs> Crazy to think that, but yeah, two years ago this summer. Yeah, so we previously we've had Amin Dib on the podcast. He is the owner of Hannibal Race, or the co-owner, along with uh, Kareen Lahoud. And he's like a local, well, I don't say local, he's a Middle Eastern celebrity, right? So kind of like... Billy Blanks, but if Billy Blanks was cool, I like to describe it as, you know, like he he runs a fitness program that's aired several times a week on TV that's broadcast throughout the Middle East. So people know who he is. Uh, he's the race owner, and uh, he invited us back over for another big race, another Hannibal race. This time it's in Kuwait. They've done races in Lebanon pretty much biannually for the last, I don't know, five or six years. They did one in Kingdom of Saudi Arabia about a year ago. And now they have just announced their first race in Kuwait. So, Brenna, what are your initial thoughts on heading to Kuwait? Oh, man. I'm super excited, obviously. Um, When we went to Lebanon, it was like no other trip experience I'd ever been on. And I've traveled lots of places. Um, So, same for this trip. I mean, I have now kind of – now I've been to the Middle East once. So, I have a bit more familiarity with the – area um but again it's totally different country a whole new place uh i look forward to racing in a different terrain experiencing hannibal race and seeing how it's changed for a new location um i was asking already have asked questions about the terrain i'm expecting i think like desert sand kind of in a way so that's going to be really cool uh, i can't think of the last time i raced in sand or desert ever <laughs> and the whole unknown of competition too um not knowing anybody that's going to be there other than you and me by name officially and 
it kind of makes it exciting. First race of the season for me, OCR, and basically a bunch of unknown excitement. So I can't wait. And, I mean, I know I'm going to be thrilled with the outcome and the whole experience regardless if it's anything close to our first trip to Lebanon because um, Amin and uh, their team was just treated us so welcomely and it was just it was a great experience so i can't wait to see what happens but i've been asking you and picking your brain as to like what to expect so i don't know you you know a bit more because you've been there a few more times than me (laughs) i have so that's kind of what i want to talk about a little bit more so the first time i'd been to lebanon i'd been in the middle east i'd lived in the middle east for i don't know like three years at that point um maybe a little bit more and when i went to lebanon it's unlike any other place in the world. Like super, it's such this weird mix of like uh, Christianity and Islam and kind of traditional dress and, you know, modern dress. It's just this very, very weird, unique experience. I'll say Kuwait is like, now you're going to get to see what the Middle East is like. This is more Middle East than Lebanon was. Lebanon is not Middle East. I mean, it is Middle East, but it's not, right? Like To inter- interject on that, when you told me that before going to Lebanon, you know, I'm thinking just everything you see in media, like, okay, Middle East, kind of like nervous, not sure what to expect, you know? And then we get there, like you said, it was so westernized, plus their culture and things like, like the women. I was, you know, I thought I was going to be nervous about how I dressed. Well, in Lebanon, no. I mean, there were girls very open with what they were wearing, let's say, compared like more than me, <laughs> which was just, I was like, oh, okay, it doesn't matter what I wear. <laughs> but lots of English and then like you said I'm excited to kind of see like the actual I guess what I expect of the Middle East I think is more of what Kuwait's gonna be right yeah absolutely so I lived in an apartment in downtown Kuwait City for two months back in like 2013 and it is it is Middle East right so the you know you'll see a lot in like the full hijab right like covering hands like full full body right you can't see anything you'll see people where you can't even see their eyes um, there'll be some with just their eyes exposed. There'll be some with uh, just their face exposed. Because um, kind of the Quran says you have to cover your beauty, and that's open to interpretation depending on what kind of where you fall on uh, in Islam, right? So definitely going to be seeing a lot of that. There's no drinking in Kuwait, so alcohol is illegal. So- yeah, yeah. Evan just told me that recently, everybody. So <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> So last time I, I, we met up with some of my friends in Lebanon, they took us out to a couple of bars, but uh, there will not be any of that on this trip. <laughs> well, so when you say, I've had people asking me, you know, now they've heard we're going and tell me like, be careful and be aware. I'm like, well, I'm not only going with one of my really good friends who I trust and feel very safe with, Evan, <laughs> but the people we're going with, you know, I don't think would put us in any bad situation, but. Um, for those listening and myself, like, do I need to personally with attire basically going to Kuwait? Is it more of like outsiders and Americans should respect the customs of covering up and stuff like that? Or what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, you can dress modestly. I mean, you don't, you know, dress, I'd say dress, dress modestly, dress appropriate. I don't know. Like, like, I don't, you don't. So, so when we go to the race, um, so I've run a half marathon in Kuwait. And when I lined up at the start of the half marathon, there were girls in, you know, long black tights with long uh, sleeve shirts and gloves on and just their face exposed. And then there was also girls, most of them were Western. So, you know, white looking women or Australian or English or something like that. They were dressed like a normal, what I would call a normal runner, right? So singlet, short shorts and stuff like that. So you'll see, you'll kind of see the full spectrum 
Um, they are pretty westernized. Like, I mean, you're going to see Starbucks. You're going to see McDonald's. You're going to see all that stuff. Uh, you are going to see more nice cars than you've ever seen in your entire life. So Maseratis, Aston Martins, Bentleys. I mean, they'll just be like, at the end of the trip, you'll be like, geez, I haven't seen that many nice cars in one place ever besides like a car show. So that'll be a, a pretty interesting experience. Last time I was there, one of the guys I worked with, uh, one of the locals, right, Kuwaiti, Kuwaiti officer, his second lieutenant, right? So fairly low, basically as low as you can get in the officer train, in the officer chain, drove an Aston Martin, right? And it was used, right? So it was only like, I don't know, it was only like $100,000, whatever, right? But like, that was his car, and he took us, you know, the after we, were, we worked with them for two weeks, they took us on like, I would describe a mandate. So it was a bunch of like dudes hanging out, you know, we went, got dinner and saw a movie and grabbed some coffee. Um, so he took me, like, I got I, I got to ride in his Aston Martin, which was, like, which is awesome, right? Because when else do you drive, get to, I didn't drive. I rode in an Aston Martin, so. That was a cool experience. So, again, you'll see, you'll see all those cars. Um, it is, it is, it is quite different. One of the other things that I think was super interesting, um, just to kind of drive home this cultural difference, is a couple of stories I have from my last trip. So one of them, I think I've told this on the podcast before, is uh, we're at some mall, a bunch of women in an elevator with their child. It stops, the doors open, I get in the elevator, and the woman immediately walks out with her child. Right? Because she's not supposed to be, she's not like supposed to be around men in like in a closed space, right? And like, I was like apologizing, and I tried to like, like get out so she would get back in, and she just walked off. I was like, all right, so... Um, so, there's, there's some stuff like that. Here's here's another one. I went, so I like to go to gyms in uh, places I've never been to before. And there's a very famous one in Kuwait called Oxygen. Uh, if you follow bodybuilding, there's a guy named Big Ramy, who's like one of the largest, best bodybuilders in the world. Like, I mean, he's like 300 plus pounds of like five, 5% body fat, right? Just stupid big. Um, so he trained at this gym called Oxygen, nicest gym I've ever been to in my entire life. It's in downtown Kuwait City. And um, while we were trying to find that one, because it was relatively new when we went, we went to a different oxygen gym. Uh, it was a little bit smaller. It was a lot smaller, actually. And so, one, there was only dudes in the gym. I don't even think women were allowed in the gym. So that, that, that was kind of interesting. Two, I go into the changing room, right? So I finish working out. I'm sweaty. Um, so I'm like, all right, I'll take a quick shower, change clothes, go about my day. Um, so I take a shower, I walk back out of the shower, so again, guys locker room, they're just dudes here, I walk back out of the shower with my towel around my waist, get back to my stuff, you know, and I have my shorts laying there, so drop my towel, put on my shorts, finish changing, and one of the guys walks up to me and he's like, uh, I know you're not from here, you know, but, you know, we don't do this, we don't do this here. And I'm like... I'm like speechless. I was like, oh my, oh my goodness, you know, what did I do wrong? I, like, I don't even know what I did wrong, right? So like, I, you know, I get back in the car with one of my friends and we're driving. And I was like, dude, what did I do wrong? Like, I think it was, at first I thought it was I was walking shirtless from the uh, shower stall back to the, my stuff. But then when I figured it out, it was, I, I took off my towel. I was completely nude in an open, in a, in a locker room. And that's, that's a faux pas. Right, like they specifically have like changing rooms where you go and change, even though there's just dudes around. Right, so like it's just different, 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 
different culture. And see, these are things like people are telling me that I need to, you know, like, like I'm supposed to just Google everything. But our teammate Ashley and I were having a conversation about this. I mean, you don't just typically Google things like that. Like, if I'm going to a gym in a foreign country, what do I need to be aware of in the locker room etiquette? I mean, things like that aren't something that like Google would even answer for you. So it's just funny because again, how else are you going to know until you go and basically make an ass of yourself or do something you're not supposed to do? <laughs> yep. Like, to be honest with you, I'm not even sure you would be allowed to go into the gym with me at like at the normal gym in Kuwait. Cause I, I know for, for hair salons where they, I mean, where they cut your hair, they are completely segregated, right? There's, there's a women's you'll see. And it says they spell salon S A L O O N. So like saloon, um, but you, you'll you'll see those, and those are for women only. Uh, I had one of my friends walk into one, and he was promptly chased out. Um, <laughs> apologizing again, he's like stupid American, like I, you know, figuring out your way around the culture uh, for the first like couple of weeks you were there. So. Well, again, like I said, I'm very, and we both are very lucky and blessed and fortunate that we have a mean. Amazing that, you know, I, I feel like we'll be in good hands. And you already know a bit, but I don't feel like I have to do anything too silly or look like that terrible American immediately. <laughs> yeah, I, they'll take good care of us. I mean, like we said last, they took such an amazing care of us last time. Um, they're going to do another great job. And I know they're working with like the Kuwaiti, whatever, like the Kuwaiti local sports company. It's because there's a bunch of sponsors on there I don't recognize from Lebanon. So. Well, that's what I was going to say. So let's, I mean, talk about the race. I mean, we both... You had raced uh, Hannibal several times, and now I did Hannibal and Lebanon the one time. And uh, we were fortunate enough that Amin wanted our feedback afterwards just because you and I both, between the amount of races we've done in different series, have quite the knowledge on um, build and obstacles and all of that. And that was kind of part of the reason for us going was to give some insight and feedback. And I'm excited to kind of see what happened from the last couple races and how it's changed for us when we go back. Um, I've started to see things been following the Hannibal race Kuwait on Instagram and Facebook and everything. And I mean, amazing social media presence, I'd like to say already. And I've seen awesome medals, um, displayed and shown off and like the race shirt. And I think this year, uh, they didn't have it when we were in Lebanon, but like a, a finisher band or a wristband, which is really cool. And something we had kind of said that everybody over here has fallen in love with. So I'm really excited about that. And the fact that the distance, I mean, I guess this Hannibal race, we said it's a 8K with 25 obstacles. So that's, in my opinion, perfect. A little short for you, Evan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind, of, that's kind of another funny thing, right? Like, um, they're announcing, you know, we're, we're coming over to Kuwait to race. And, you know, they're, they're like, hiding, highlighting some of my accomplishments and stuff. But, like, all my really, really good accomplishments are in, like, ultra endurance, right? It's like eight plus hours and you have me racing an 8k so like part of me is like almost embarrassed that you're you're sharing all these things it's like i'm gonna go over there and like i mean i don't i don't think i'm gonna do poorly but like you know i may come in like 10th instead of first right so like it's just funny they're like world champion i'm like oh geez let's let's keep it let's <laughs> so calm now. it down let's calm it down a little bit uh we're, we're racing an 8k with you know like we were talking about the obstacles are fun um you know kind of the standard series of obstacles i know they added like an i would describe it as like an easy rig for this one or at least they did in lebanon right it was basically rig with all rings um so it was good to see good to see them make it some changes after we went last time where there's a little more grip stuff because obviously that's what we like 
Exactly. Well, and that's what I'm laughing because I remember just, again, not having any idea, really, other than being told there's, like, sand. Okay, cool. Well, I remember Lebanon, there's, like, prickly things that were just... Oh, that was so bad. And I think one stabbed me in my foot mid-race, but I was, like, in a good placement, and it was the worst pain in my foot I'd ever had, but it was not stopping to take this thorn out of my shoe, and it went through everything. And I'm like, okay, sand. Cool. No spiky, thorny things, but I... I just am ready for the, like, what's going to be the hiccup here other than running in sand. <laughs> yeah, so there's there shouldn't be any thorn bushes like there were in Lebanon. That was brutal. That, that really was painful. I got some, I had some deep ones after that. When I think... Like, is, what's the, is the same, the language? Like, do you know, I mean, Arabic, the same that it was in Lebanon? Is that the same? Yeah, it's the same Arabic. I mean, the, they'll have a different accent, like someone from New York and the South would have a different accent. Um, but it's, I mean, like you won't be able to tell and I, I can't tell. Um, but I, I just know it's different. There's a slightly different accent. Right. And I will say for everybody listening, I felt so special because I remember asking you at the start line of the race, like, tell me how, what go is, or like, what am I, you know, like I looked at the meal, like, when do we go? Because I'm just going to be really far behind. And they actually counted down in English, I think, and <laughs> Arabic, which was awesome because I feel so bad sometimes. And this is, Again, an experience for anybody listening, like you should definitely go out of your comfort zone and travel, especially if you can, if you have the opportunity to make like a racecation, vacation out of it, travel to another country and do a race because think of like uh, world championships every year and how many countries are represented, but that like how many of them don't speak English for their language and we do everything in English. And so like not knowing how to count down in English, not everybody knows that. And I finally have experienced that now. And it's just kind of one of those like humbling or something everybody should experience if you're doing the sport. Like, okay, I now have the nerves standing on the start line and not knowing at all what's being said other than when they're like announcing me and you way too much at the start line. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, duck, I'm going to duck my head because every I stand out like a sore thumb and now you're calling us out and I don't know what you're saying. And <laughs> it just... it's a fun yet awkward experience that I think anybody should experience in their life. <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty funny at the last one. Amin is like doing this whole speech all in Arabic, all in Arabic, right? And he can see the two of us like awkwardly standing around near the back like, are, are we supposed to move forward? And then he finishes like, like puts the mic down for a second and then picks it back up and he's like, Evan and Brenna, you have another 15 minutes. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for looking out for us. <laughs> so It'll be good. It'll be good. And I mean, we're going to do so. We'll both be racing, and then I think we'll both get to go back out, hopefully. And like we did in Lebanon, um, we tried to showcase as much as we could. Again, there will be some time difference and technical wireless connection differences, but um, I'm hoping that we'll be able to bring some awesome coverage to you guys with some videos and photos of maybe some different obstacles. Or again, we'll do some and talk to you about the sport on their side. So everybody definitely follow. Um, I know especially mine, but like strength and speed and the CTG pro team and my personal pages from Instagram and all of that leading, starting the trip. I mean, we'll have travel fun. And then Evan and I, I assume again, I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but we do get to be in Kuwait city for a day or two, I think a day and a half before the race. So um, in Lebanon, we got to go do some sightseeing and swim in the Mediterranean sea, which not many people can say that. So I think we'll have some awesome time to show y'all a little bit of the culture and Kuwait city, not just the race itself. 
Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to see the vacation type stuff, it's going to be mostly on Brenna and I's personal pages. But if you're more interested in the OCR specific stuff, that's going to be on CTG Pro Team and Strength and Speed and then a little bit on Mud Run Guide. And we will put out content the day of the race. So last time I made like a, you know, a couple minute action video of the race highlighting a couple obstacles that I put out, you know, within a couple hour event closing. So definitely going to do the same thing again. Uh, we will be sharing it across multiple channels. So watch out, watch for that. And like you were talking about with the terrain, you know, when people say, oh, you're going to the Middle East, they typically think of like, you know, desert, just sand as far as the eye can see. And that one actually pretty describes Kuwait pretty well, right? Like it doesn't describe Iraq well. It doesn't describe Lebanon well. But Kuwait, I mean, if you're bored, go look at a hydrology map of Kuwait, uh, freshwater. I'll give you, uh, uh, it's all one color because there's, there's no running water in the country. There's no, I'm sorry, there's no running water. There's no um, freshwater. There's no freshwater in the country, right? So there's no lakes, there's no rivers. So the hydrology map is just one color because it's, it's just desert. So they, they actually take all their water from the uh, Arabian Gulf or Persian Gulf, depending on uh, who you're talking to, and they purify it so it's uh, drinkable. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, yeah, I don't recommend drinking the tap water just because your stomach is not going to have time to adjust. Um, so we'll stick with bottled water since we're only going to be there for a couple days. So you don't have any stomach problems, but yeah. So I have two questions. One, very naive, and everybody laugh if you want. Again, I haven't just Googled and researched everything because I'd rather just ask Evan from experience. So <laughs> my whole thing with this, I was like, Tracy laughed at me. Am I, do I get to see a camel in the desert? And is there camels in Kuwait? I don't know. Uh, yes, there are camels in Kuwait. Will we see one? We might. I bet you on, on the way. So in Kuwait City, I mean, it's a modern city, right? So that you're not going to see one walking down the street, just as like you wouldn't see a deer walking down the street in New York. So, but the difference is when as soon as you leave the city, which the race looks like it takes place just west of the city, we might see some out there. So I have like been driving, I, I've, I've gotten off on an off-ramp. Uh, to go someplace at the western edge of the city and have had like literally a herd of a herd is that what you call them i don't know a bunch of camels a bunch of camels and a bedouin basically like crossed the road and i had to wait for them so we might see one because we're going out west of the city so i'd say possibility yeah okay Maybe. so that's, that's that's my goal i want to see a camel <laughs> and then my next question um food so like cuisine uh Kuwait. I mean, I guess when we were in Lebanon, it was a lot of like Mediterranean, quote unquote, I guess, right? With like veggies and everything that you love. It was it was delicious. Um, but what is what do we be eating in Kuwait? Yeah, same thing. Very, very similar. I mean, uh, rice, vegetables, uh, sorts of meat, you know, goat and chicken, stuff like that. So, yeah, depends. We'll, Depends what restaurant we go to. Like the more, you know, not so much in, I'm trying to think of Kuwait. In, in Iraq, like when you, when you were in Iraq and you ate at someone local's house who wanted to like show you a good time, they would usually typically bring out the head of the goat in front of you. And what's, what's that doing is showing you that this is like, I'm giving you fresh meat. Like I literally, I literally just chopped this dude's head, this, uh, you know, this goat's head off and here it is to prove, right? That's, that's why they do it. Or at least that's my understanding of why they do it. Um, so, you, but you know, since we're eating at like, I'm assuming we'll be eating at restaurants the majority of the time. So you see something like that, but yeah, same, 
very similar. So Mediterranean, it'll be good. Well, and that's what we did see, like where we're, our, where we're staying, our hotel we have been shown is quite nice already. So again, I'm like, yes. my expectations, I'm trying not to expect much because again, I don't know what to expect, but going off the last trip, I'm like, I, I doubt I will be underwhelmed by any means. Um, our hotel looks really nice and amazing location. So I'm excited about that whole new culture. I just, I, everything, I don't have words. People keep asking like, what do you expect or how do you feel about it? And it's like, I mean, I have the boring explanation and answer of I'm so excited and I just can't wait because I'm ready for all the possibilities and all the experiences and to soak it all in and then share with everybody afterwards, <laughs> like the whole experience and my thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to share, we're going to move on in a little bit, but before we go, I want to share one more story to show you how big of like a cultural difference this is. Um, and I was kind of hesitant if I was going to share the story or not, but I think I'm going to go ahead and do it. And if I'm, I'm wrong, you know, if any of our Kuwaiti friends end up listening to this and they're like, this is completely inaccurate, I will issue a, a long apology and correct myself. <laughs> Gosh. But, but so we had, uh, when we were working with the Kuwaitis, we had one of them tell, one of the guys in his like, you know, 20s, tell us how he, they would pick up girls in Kuwait, right? Because you're not allowed to really date people. You can't hold hands. You can't even be seen in public, like male and female. Like you can't be sitting at the same table unless they're like your sibling or your wife. So we're like, well, how do you go from not dating anyone to marriage, right? Like, there's that that dating period. Like, how do you how do you bridge that gap? And this is this is what he explained to us. And this is 100 percent true. That's what I was told. And then then we confirmed it with another guy who didn't know this guy. So I confirmed it from two different people. But if I'm wrong, I, because you're gonna I mean, you're gonna listen to the story and you're gonna be like, this can't be true. But this is what I was told. All right. So first, like, let's say you go to Starbucks and you sit at Starbucks and you basically, um, you basically look around and try to make eye contact with someone you're interested in, male, female, right? I've heard that now they have some like dating apps or like that basically you can essentially, it shows you where you are in relation to other people. And that's how you can make communication initially. Um, but they, we didn't always have smartphones. So, you know, you know, maybe like 10 years ago, this was probably more accurate. It's probably all done, I would imagine, electronically now. But So you're at Starbucks. You make eye contact with a girl. You know, she makes eye contact with you. You exchange glances a couple times. And like, all right, that's the signal to, to continue to the next step. So you can't go up and talk to her because, again, you're in public. So what you do as a male is you, when she gets up and go back, goes to go back to her car, you follow her. So you start following this girl to her, your, her car. If she's parked like in front of Starbucks, you can't stop and talk to her. Um, if she's parked like around the corner, kind of like in, the, in an alley or something, you can talk to her there. But if you can't talk to her in the alley and she's parked in front, she gets in her car and then you get in your car and then you continue to follow her. Right? And then when you get to... Now, so you can so now you're you're following this girl in a car. Once you get to a stoplight, you can either try to talk to her from across the car window, so like essentially yell at her um, that you've been following her uh, in your car, or you can. I, I've heard they throw CDs or mixed essentially like mixtapes or or uh, audio cassettes back and forth to like introduce yourself and who you are. Um, and then if that doesn't work, you just keep following her home. And then once you follow her home, you get out and then you basically talk to her in front of her house where it's kind of like a little more secluded. But we were told that story and I was like, 
dude, if you do this in America, like you'll get maced or shot. Like the the like literally the cops will get called on you and you will get arrested for being a stalker. <laughs> yeah. So that's that would, and I, guess, I mean, I guess there uh, we would assume if this is the case that hopefully, I mean, the women are aware of this, but also seems like a culture there where like, I mean, the women aren't really approached unless that's the case. I mean, you know, because it's so separate and, you know, men aren't supposed to be with the women, then it's like, well, I guess if this guy's following me, it's for a good reason, I hope. <laughs> yeah. So that, I mean, again, that's, this, that's what we were told. Um, yeah. We'll, maybe we'll ask around, see if it's. See if it's still that's still the case, or if that whatever was the case. But yeah, well, and that's why I'm excited again to make just new friends because we still have like our Lebanese friends that follow us and stay in contact on social media. And like you said, new sponsors because I've seen they just like announced like a grocery store supplier for like Lebanon, Kuwait area. That's a big sponsor, so it'll be exciting to see other items, other things involved in the sport on that side or not really, but trying to get into the sport. Um, but you did say, I know we're moving on quickly, but like, again, because we're American and things, people obviously you travel and they know that, will there be like weirdness of us being together? Like you'll have your um, wife and daughter are coming, but like, so obviously it'll be okay that y'all are together because you're married, but because we're American, do they not like look at that as weird if I'm hanging out with you two? No, I mean, they recognize, they recognize there's cultural differences, so there'll be no you know, it'll, it'll be fine. There'll be no problems. Like the only problem is again, if we try to go into some place, if we, I, I try to go into a salon to get, to watch my wife get her haircut, right? Like I can't do that. Um, a lot of these stores, you know, the I don't know, service stores, I guess I'd call them, you know, gyms and beauty parlors and stuff like that. Those are uh, gender segregated, but you know, the, the normal food stores and stuff, I mean, there'll be men and women walking around together and stuff like that. So well, so hopefully everybody listening, hopefully we come back with great experiences, great stories, and I plan on not personally having any, like, I made an ass of myself story. But no <laughs> telling. I mean, we all know me, so there's, there's no telling what could happen. <laughs> but I do my best to not really try to offend people in the general experience, and I am not worldly, but I've traveled, so I do have my wits about me when it comes to that. So everybody that has been worried and voiced their concern, don't worry, it's okay. Oh, we'll be fine. <laughs> We're in good hands. Absolutely. So let's keep moving the podcast along. So I also did a, it actually wasn't technically a race, so I did KC Timber Challenge. It's like our local Kansas City-based permanent obstacle course. And I did that actually as of, what was it, yesterday. Um, so they don't, they don't do timed waves, usually, not usually. They do like maybe four events a year. It's in like southwestern Kansas City, and it's pretty fun. Just uh, just a good time. So we, I went out there, and because it wasn't time, they basically, you know, conserved my energy a little bit and ran a lap, and then ran like three more. So I totaled about twelve miles of uh, obstacles. It was a good day. I saw pictures. It was snowy. Still snow there, right? Yeah, there's still there's still some icy parts of the trail. I. Uh, Debating if I should wear yak tracks, decided against it, went with ice bugs because they have a little better traction without the uh, yak tracks. Will, if you run on like dirt and rocks with them, they'll break and they'll, they're kind of annoying. But I went with ice bugs, decent traction. And then I had, you know, because of the cold, I had my bleg mitts on, which was like the first time I got to like truly test them in an OCR environment. And they were just phenomenal. Not surprising. Again, Deanna Bleg did a great job with updating them. 
And even when they get wet... Excited because you're bringing me some. Woo! Yeah. Even when they get wet, they're still good, right? Because, I mean, they're neoprene, so it's not like a cloth thing, which just is sucking the heat out of you. Like, they they keep your hands warm. So it was really nice to, like, do obstacles, and I'd run with them off for a while, and then I'd flip them back on when I, you know, my hands would get cold and take them back off. Um, so, yeah, I'd say the... You know, I've tried just basically regular running with them, and typically your hands get warmer a lot easier because they're not getting wet and you don't have to expose them at all. But using them for OCR, I mean, they were just phenomenal. She just did a, such a good job redesigning them. So if anyone wants them, they are available in the online strength and speed store. Uh, go ahead and pick those up. We have small, medium, and large, three millimeter thick neoprene. So, yeah. Well, and like I said, I'm super excited because I've been seeing everybody brag about them. And I have the weekend after Kuwait, I'm doing my first American OCR and it's in St. Louis and I really don't know what to expect for the weather because hello Midwest, you're kind of batshit crazy with your weather here. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I basically like, I have you bringing those for me because I want them just in case that weekend turns into like what it has been and I'm going to need them. Um, but for your race at the KC Timber course, for those listening, if you ran Conquer the Gauntlet XTC, um, it was the same venue. I just was curious when you, like any icy. I remember there's some like single track kind of like technical spots where any of was any of that like icy and fun for the terrain or was it all pretty tame? So the the first basically the 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 initial run out was kind of icy and then the initial the final run back the course was about three miles total so it didn't use all of the terrain you saw at Extreme Timber Channel or KC, KC, yeah, CTG XCC. So they they shortened the course from what I would say. It, the couple times I've been there, what it normally was, they removed a lot of the grip obstacles just because, like, you can't, like, if you fall off the monkey bars, normally you land in water, and you would have landed in, like, a big pile of ice. So, obviously, they, they closed those. Um, but they did have, you know, uh, log carry where you're going over and under things, and so that was kind of fun. They had a tennis ball, like, slingshot thing, so you had to hit the target. So that was fun. And then the coolest one... Uh, which I've never done in a race before, and I was the, I was the first one back from the first wave, so it was still in pristine condition. Is they have a car that you have to destroy a piece of before you cross the finish line. So, oh, nice! So I, I ran, I almost went right to the finish line, but like, no, no, break something on the car. So I had the sledgehammer, and I was like, well, do I, I was gonna go with the front windshield first, but then I remembered, like, front windshields usually when you when they break, they uh, spider web, but they don't like shatter, like the side. The side windows will shatter. So I went to a side window and I just swung and it was awesome. The thing just exploded. So I'm waiting for those pictures to come up online. Oh, that's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. little things like that, like make a race because you're like, when else am I going to get to do this? I mean, if you get to a race that you get, like jump over a car, you know, it stands out because it's like, oh, cool. I just got to slide over the hood of the car. But you got to like shatter something on the car. Pretty awesome. Yeah. So I, I got the side window. I did the side window and the next lap I did. Uh, no one broke the grill yet. So I, I got that piece. The third lap, there was a big line, so I just skipped it. And the fourth lap, I mean, the car was, like, decimated by the time I got to the fourth lap. I mean, I, I think I broke a hubcap on that one, or part of a hubcap, and then just, like, hit it a couple of times just for fun. But it, it was a cool experience, especially because there's really nothing going on in the winter. And, you know, I was talking to Lucas Fonenstiel, who's been on Broken Skull, used to be on the Conquer the Gauntlet Pro team. We were just talking about the importance of supporting your local OCR series, right? Because that's what's really drawing people in into the larger part of the sport. Because a lot of these people, you know, like when I hear a race that's for under four hours away, I'm like, oh, nice, sweet. It's like local. Like, how can I not go? And that's not normal. Uh, most people consider local like it's, you know, 
it's got to be like 30 minutes away. So um, it's just a real. In our sport, we don't get that necessarily. Like all these other sports and high school sports that you get to go to like multiple high schools within your area or even universities and stuff that are like within a, an hour of each other. Like That's really nice that they get to do that on a weekly basis. So like you said, yeah, for us to find some that are under within four hours every couple weeks that you can do is really a benefit and you definitely need to get out and support those so that you can keep going back and more people can keep going to them. So, and, and there's things like OCR buddy for people that like, if you get an app or if you don't know where to go, there are ways to find those races close to you between like mud run guide is your hub for OCR. They list different locations um, and promote them and have discount codes or there's apps that you can look up and basically like put in your location and it'll tell you what races are happening when and where. So, yeah, and I know through the work with Lucas and KCOCR and, you know, partnering, you know, showing up to KC Timber Challenge and kind of building that KCOCR base there because they let us have a booth there. So we get to talk to people and encourage them to stay in the sport. They got Green Beret Challenge to come last year and do a, a race, right? So because of the work Lucas and the rest of KCOCR did, they actually brought a series to Kansas City and um, work. They're working on bringing in actually Dirt Runner. Uh, I don't know if it's been finalized yet, but um, I know for a fact that uh, Taki is actively trying to find a venue. So there might be a DRX Games in Kansas City coming up. So. Oh man, because I've been dying to go to that, and it's all, it's far away or conflicting. I have to. Woo! Yeah, I, this... I have many many homes, but I claim Kansas right now. Technically, Kansas and Oklahoma are my <laughs> temporary homes. Yeah. So yeah, lots of fun at Casey. It was fun at Casey Timber, and it was cold in my dry robe. That was awesome. Uh, Katie, one of the girls, borrowed uh, Jake's dry robe and my dry robe. She she had both of them on. Like a super warm. It was pretty funny. So well, I saw that, and good. I don't think it was even at your event, but between your you and me showing up with KCOCR and like our takeover event, I did see that one of our girls, Tabby Wood from KCOCR, just purchased herself a dry robe. Everybody, so like they, and I saw your comment. They're year round thing. I, I swear, because even in Texas, in the heat and in the summer, when it's flooding, the dry robe is amazing. So Absolutely. if you're ever look on the fence, if you're going to get your money's worth of it, yes, definitely. Yes. I have two and I use both of them all the time. <laughs> so like, come on people, you're missing out if you don't have one or if you haven't like gotten in one at a race, definitely try it out. We all will share. I promise. They fit two people even. <laughs> yeah. Or three or sometimes, well, we, we didn't get it zipped with four, but uh, Ashley, Lisa and Jay fit in all three of them in one dry robe so well speaking of dry robe and they are a ctg sponsor return sponsor for us so we want to kind of segment and get into the awesome supporters and sponsors that we have for the team this year yeah absolutely so we're going to kind of breeze over some of the returning sponsors because you probably know who they are dry robe like we just mentioned i mean mud gear you're on team mud gear this year and I mean, Mudgear is almost synonymous with OCR at this point with the amount of products they have, the socks, the shirts. And I just picked up a pair of their shorts. Um, so enjoying those. Well, and that's what definitely everybody check them out because most of you know them for socks. But like you just mentioned, they have um, short sleeve race jerseys. They have tank race jerseys. I think even for guys, there's a long sleeve um, jersey. And then guys' shorts. Um, they have a tack hat, which is awesome. The hat's great for running and like, 
moisture, mud wicking, um, but it's got a removable patch spot that's the tack part so you can put patches on it. Um, and then I think what else, like covers, I mean, there's more than socks, so check out Mud Gear for sure. Yeah, and I believe, I believe our code CTG Strong still works. I do need to confirm that, but it should give you 10% off. Um, so they're returning Atomic Climbing Holds, which we've probably talked to to death on this podcast. Uh, it's Team Atomic for World's Toughest Mudder. They're returning. Uh, Wreck Bag is returning, another brand that's almost synonymous with OCR. Um, Harbinger, the strength training apparel stuff we use. So weight belts, gloves, wrist straps, and uh, let's see what else we got. Weight vests. Everything. They have door, door frame pull-ups. They have like a push-up system things for you basically like make an at-home gym with harbinger equipment accessories and stuff so um it's not just for lifting so if you like are needing something for equipment or your gym jump ropes um they do grip trainers so like if you travel a lot i have the rings for grip trainers so mats all different things yeah for this year from harbinger i got a pair of uh lifting straps so i know most people you know shake their head at lifting straps right because it you essentially don't have to use your grip strength. It wraps around your wrist, wraps around the barbell, and then you are pulling essentially with your wrists and back instead of using your grip. And typically when I tell people I use those sometimes, like again, they look at me like I'm crazy, right? Because OCR is all grip strength. And I do work a lot of grip strength, but I'll say, you know, your grip's always going to give out before your back muscles give out. Always, right? Because it's just a smaller muscle. So I like to use them not for every set, but towards the last couple of sets of a training session to kind of overload my back muscles, which since my forearms have already been destroyed. And you may be thinking, well, well, if I can't use my grip, what good is my back muscles going to be? And the answer is during ultra OCR, you start falling off monkey bars and funky monkey and stuff like that well before you are failing something like a wall. So... You know, by training my back muscles to keep going, getting stronger and pushing harder, you know, it allows me to get climb over things like walls easier when I'm 18 hours into an event. And I definitely saw that this year at World's Toughest Mudder, where I saw some of my competitors and some of the uh, some of the other people on course. You know, obviously they were failing Funky Monkey. They've been failing Funky Monkey for 12 hours, but they were having trouble getting over things that I consider easy, like a wall or like a wall with a little overhang or like those horizontal. Um, Essentially, they were like a low belly over. It was just a horizontal log that was like elevated off the ground. And a lot of that has to do with not having the back strength. So still advocate of grip uh, straps for, you know, the last couple sets of training, which I'm, I'm going to release a Technique Tuesday video on that soon and maybe an article. So Nice. Rock yeah, tape? Rock tape's returning. Uh, we've talked to them a lot. We've talked about them a lot on the podcast. Um, definitely check us out at races. We have so many now. It's our three, uh, Evan, you, Randy and Nathan are certified and Lisa um, and Lisa. Yeah. Can tape you up at a race. Um, so come find them. Napalm politely requested that you find him preferably sooner than later <laughs> before the start of a race, but they'll gladly tape you up. Um, so yeah. And we also have what Com juice performer returning, yep. right? So uh, we'll be giving out free cherry juice and beet juice at the Conquer the Gauntlet protein tent. So please come over and hang out with us at the Conquer the Gauntlet events. You do not have to be part of the pro team to come hang out with us. It is open to everyone. I know some people are like, I'm not part of it. It's like, I don't care. It's like, we're just having fun to come over and hang out. 
So it's, it's networking. It's making friends. We want everybody to feel welcome and have a little place to go. So check us out. And you also see we have different things from our sponsors. So we have Compex returning also. Yep. So Compex Electrical Muscle Stimulator, great for adding some more volume to your training and kind of enhancing your training. And I used it last year after an injury, and I couldn't run for a couple of days but still wanted to train my legs. So I, I typically don't use it that much when I'm at home, but when I travel for work a lot, I always pack it because sometimes the wherever I'm staying is not conducive to running. So definitely a great tool to have there. They have units that have TENS unit in it, which is like the muscle stimulator more for, um, not so much a muscle stimulator, but for recovery or injuries. And so I tend to use mine for that. Like I have a lower back injury and when I'm traveling in my car all the time and lots of road trips and stuff like that, I'll put that on um, and it helps relieve some pain within the nerves down there. So Yeah, so the TENS units, TENS units starving targeting the nerves, the electrical muscle stimulators targeting the muscle. And they, the versions they have now have both included, so you don't have to buy two separate products. And so um, we have those on display at the tent that you can check out. Um, returning again for another year with us, Ufos, amazing recovery my favorite. shoes. Yeah. Shoes, sandals, boots, slip-on sandals, thong sandals. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're amazing, comfortable shoes, uh, like walking on pillows. Our teammate Lisa would, and I both have advocated that like running in the flip-flops, I mean, again, don't do as we do because I can't tell you it's the safest, but running in their flip-flops is so comfortable. <laughs> Lisa and I've gone out on course and like done obstacles in these recovery shoes because they're that comfortable. Um, so, but I don't recommend running a race in them, everybody. <laughs> no, so I mean, they are comfortable, but so the reason, the part of the reason they were created is right, because they absorb impact. So traditional running sh shoe foam absorbs the impact and then returns it there's a there's a positive return ufos just absorbs the impact so you're not getting that return that would make them good for a normal running shoe which is why they're recovery shoes so they are going to feel good but you're going to be putting out if you try to like actually run a race in them you'd be putting out a lot more effort um for a lower speed it's kind of the but they are super comfortable and yeah. guys girls they have all different colors so again check them out if you haven't we usually have some on display or for different giveaways so always pay attention to our page for things like that but um i know a lot of people have started to see i've seen ufos in stores and like kcocr friends have named locations that have them um so again glad to have them sponsor and support us for another year and ready to represent and make them proud hopefully yeah so another a new one which we just talked about on i think it was the last episode was the uh, luke labonte so we have a team nutritionist now, and you can go back and listen to that episode if you missed it. But, you know, Luke is just a ton of great information, a very smart guy when it comes to nutrition. And then on top of that, he's an OCR racer, right? So he, he knows, he lives in the sport, so he's not like someone else trying to come in and try to kind of predict what you're supposed to be doing for OCR. Like, he, he physically feels the same demands that you do. So Exactly, and that's what I was going to say is I've started using them nine weeks in now, and I, the fact that he is involved and participates in this sport. So if you're listening and you're OCR athlete and you're looking for some type of nutrition help, we've got different options for everybody's needs. I've had people ask, you know, Oh, but I'm vegan or I'm vegetarian. But he, I mean, he's very certified and smart, but he also understands what our sport needs and can direct you with that. And then not only does he know the sport, 
I mean, you can talk to many people. There's different options out there for nutrition, but I found my other like favorite part about Luke is that he's passionate about it and does it because it's, I mean, it's his profession, but he has a job with athletes at a university that's like his full-time profession. So taking on and helping our team and any others that reach out to him outside of like his school athletes, it's because he's passionate about it. So you can tell that he wants to help you and see you succeed and be healthy and benefit your body. So it's not like he's doing it just to feed his, like as a profession, if that makes sense. So he has other things going on, but this is like a passion to help others too. So definitely check out Luke Labonte. Uh, so speaking of nutrition, one of the ones which where we can't go into too much depth about them, but because I know, I know I personally have not tried them and I don't think you have either is Ambari nutrition. Have you? Oh, well, so yeah, I'm, I can say I haven't tried them, but I have been, I'm about to um, dive in and get some awesome products to try so that we can talk more about them. But um, if you look at Armory Nutrition, it's an amazing company that has um, like bars and protein bars is what I first saw. I was like, okay, so snack bars, protein, supplement shakes, meal replacements. And then I was looking even further and they have things like multivitamins and joint care and other supplements like that, which are really have excited me because I'm looking for like a new multivitamin that I can fall in love with. And I specifically with my family and myself having arthritis and the way my ankles just love to roll, you know, I'm gonna get some joint care supplement from them. So I'm excited to um, have them as a new sponsor this year that was just recently added. So we all get to try that. It's exciting. Yeah, I've got a big package of some tasty treats that are on the way to my house right now. I was hoping they'd be here by now, but but they're not. And, you know, one of the things when you're looking for, you know, we have 12 athletes on the team, so we're looking for something that fits kind of all of our needs. And what was nice about Ambari, so that's A-M-B-A-R-I, is they have such a wide line of products, like Brenna was saying. So I know personally I don't like bars. I think they're very hard to make without adding a lot of um, stuff that I don't personally want in my body. I'm not a, like, I don't typically consume them, but they do have a lot of bars and they're, I didn't look at them too deep again. Cause I don't usually don't eat bars, but they looked pretty good from what I looked at. And then a lot of their other stuff is basically like high protein, uh, low glycemic food, which is kind of the way I eat. So, um, well, do you remember, this is me. I feel terrible cause I'm in the car right now and don't have the answer. I was looking and originally they started making their bars and stuff for, it's a specific health, uh, yeah, so they, it's bari- bariatric. I'm, I think I'm probably saying that wrong. So yeah, so people like have had weight loss surgery, like the lap band surgery, right? So they're they, they're specifically made. I mean, that's the, that's who they're targeting for their market primarily um, for people looking for weight loss. But when you look at when you step back and stop looking at exactly who any company is specifically marketing to, like eating healthy is eating healthy, and. They are providing healthy options for the things like I ordered some of the things I ordered, I ordered pancakes, I ordered uh, chicken noodle soup. Um, what else did I order? A bunch of different. They have a bunch of casein uh, based protein shakes, so I ordered a bunch of that stuff. And yeah, like eating healthy is eating healthy. So whether it's for someone for weight loss or someone like an athlete who is looking to, you know, maintain a healthy body weight with low body fat and high muscle mass. I mean, that's it's the same thing. The only difference is what you're eating during actual exercise, right? So like someone who's trying to lose weight shouldn't be crushing down lots of sugar in the middle of a race if, you're, if your main goal is to lose and not, not win a race. So, 
Yeah, I'm ex- I, I, I'm really excited to try their products. And they just had so, again, they, their product line was so deep. It was like hard to uh, pick what I wanted. I know. That's why when you were saying what you got, I was like, whoa, I don't think I got that far. <laughs> yeah, you got to cl- click on all products. There's like a thing where you can click on all products and then you can kind of scroll through all of them. So Awesome. So very proud to have them join us this year. Another new one joining this year, um, which I'm very excited about. Uh, squirrels nut butter and I think this might be geared and benefit you probably the most <laughs> yeah yeah so squirrels nut butter again it's a uh, what do I call it nut butter I don't know what's the what's the appropriate term anti-chafing there you go anti-chafing right? I was like please explain because nut butter if you just leave it like that <laughs> so yeah so they, they sell it in uh, like tubs like you would kind of like a Vaseline or they sell it in sticks uh, like a deodorant, and you basically smear it on your any place that there might be friction. Um, for guys, mostly the groin area, and yeah, it works great. I've been I've I tested it out over the last like two weeks. Basically, putting I put on I have certain pairs of running tights that always chafe. So I was like, all right, well, let's see how these do. I put on my chafing running tights, put on some squirrels nut butter. You know, went for a ten mile run, went for a twenty mile run, and no problems either time when running again the next day. So, well, yeah. And they've got, so there's like different flavors or scents kind of, I think in a way. And then they also have like, um, specific for the foot, yeah. not specifically for during activity, but more for like treating, taking care of your feet after activity, which I'm excited about because my feet, they look like runner's feet and it'd be nice to have some stuff to kind of take care of them and treat them nicely. And then you had posted recently, they have a, a vegan option of, this too because i know there's you know people out there that care about that and need vegan options for sports creams and things like that so what, what i think that they have that option is that like a concern like vegan pro- like if i'm not eating it are people still concerned about that yeah because like there's a whole i mean i don't i personally can't speak on it like officially but like shampoos and conditioners and like i know from like beauty products from being a girl i've seen it on bottles and things but it's like advertised like vegan and like non animal tested and vegan and things like that. They don't have animal products in it. And yeah, it's weird. Some, some people are just vegan eaters and then some take it to like a vegan lifestyle or whatever to where they don't use any animal product, not just eating it. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I person that person doesn't do anything for me, but I know some people do care or now I know some people do care. So that, that is a good option. And they have like most of their products come in like regular and vegan. Um, so Yeah. Pretty cool and thing. Then, who else? What do we got? Um, I think then, this one's really cool. The Enchanted Getaways. Yeah, so the two big, most people's two big costs for racing are travel and race fees. So we have two sponsors this year that's going to uh, help us and then also help you on reducing both those costs. So the, one of them is Mud Run Guide. So if you don't know Mud Run Guide, I'm not sure why you listen to my podcast. Um <laughs> What, what rock have you been under in the OCR uh, yeah. world? <laughs> I mean, they're, they're the leading news OCR news website in the world. Um, that's not like they have the most followers out of any brand. That's not like a physical race, right? Like, so Spartan has some number of followers and Puff Mudder, right? But like, no, no one has more than Mud Run Guide as like a like a news outlet. So they have a full list of discount codes. So you can head over anytime you need to sign up for a race. Head over, check them out. Uh, they have like own sold discount section of the webpage. They're organized alphabetically. You can search for races by state. You can search by weekend. You can search by distance from a specific area code. 
Um, so that covers your race fees and then enchanting getaways. You want to talk a little bit more about that, Brenna? Yeah. So, um, one of, I will say it's an amazing opportunity that, like you said, travel is a big expense. So enchanted getaways, um, Nicole Willis is a travel agent and she will be, um, assisting and helping the team with all of our travel needs, trying to get us rooms, um, together for races and help with rental cars. And also say when it comes to like um, North American championships or world championships and we want to do more activities rather than, you know, just the race, uh, Nicole can help us find activities and tourist things to do and get that booked. And it's basically removes the headache and um, it's organized and she can find us the best options, the best rates, the best discounts available. Um, and then it's available. It's not, she's available to you guys too. So um, you can book anything, just your hotel, your flight, car. It doesn't have to be the whole package. She basically can help you with any of your travel needs to um, find the best cost, uh, pair, you know, if you need other people to do it with, go in together, and it's too confusing to book multiple people. She can help with, like, group bookings. And basically, I mean, any of your travel needs, Nicole Willis with Enchanted Getaways is who you need to check out and contact. And we have her information um, and email on our page, and we'll be sharing it with this podcast and everything for you to reach out to her and get your North American and World Championships and all your races booked and set and flights and ready to go. Yeah, so her contact information is not only on the Facebook banner, if you click on our Facebook banner, but also there's now a travel section on the CTG Pro Team website. So www.ctgproteam.com should be slash travel. And you can find all of her information. And like Brenda was saying, what's awesome is you can just send her an email, be like, here's where I want to go. I want to leave in the afternoon, you know, and, you know, basically make it happen. And it's very, very low stress, very easy to get that. And and I will say that we're fortunate in the connection because, again, we are OCR athletes. And some of y'all are like, why would I want to use this lady? She knows nothing about racing. Well, she happens to be the wife of one of our teammates, Matt Willis. And she has been to races. Um, she's traveled with him. She knows the sport and kind of like how a lot of us are very budget conscious. And she also knows that we love to do fun things and activities. And they take amazing trips I've seen themselves that she has access to. And then I think people like for world championships, you know, there's like Harry Potter world and all that that she can help you do. So <laughs> she knows she knows the OCR world. So it's not like a random travel agent that's going to try to set you up with the fanciest hotel and the most expensive everything. And you're like, I'm on a budget. I'm going to race. I just need your help. So, yeah. Good I, know, I know what you're thinking, Brenna. I love Harry Potter and <laughs> wrong. you're wrong. I don't, I've never even read the books. I was saying it movie. because I love I've Harry Potter. Thank you very much. Oh, we're going to have to fix now that. Now who's That's the nerd? Cool. All right. Okay. See, good. You can, you can have your star Wars. I'll have my Harry Potter. Yeah. It's a lo- That's a losing battle. Just so you know. <laughs> Whatever, I've never seen Star Wars. So. I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> oh, all right. We talk about that in Kuwait. <laughs> February 23rd, 24th, we have the Conquer the Gauntlet Pro Team Takeover. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait okay, a minute. Hold on. This is a segue, Brenna. You're supposed to let uh, it okay. You're ruining uh, this. <laughs> I'm just going to put it out as is. That was a segue because you're going to want to stay up for 24 hours. So what you're going to want is some Elite Ops energy strips. So they're ring strips that have 100 milligrams of caffeine, so like a cup of coffee. Um, but it's sublingual, right? So it's going directly into like your... Essentially into, directly into your blood, and then that's making... It's more, essentially more effective. So if you're used to... Um, 
if you're used to taking more caffeine, I'll say like I felt the same effect with less caffeine in these strips because like it basically hits you. It's like a you know like a quick punch to the face of caffeine, and then allows you to. I like to use them for strength training after. Um, I typically run in the mornings and strength train in the evenings. I like to take uh, one or two before I strength train and kind of get me get me going. So. And they're basically like those dissolvable kind of like what like breath listerine strips are the first ones I ever had, but that's what the elite energy strips are, right? You put them on your tongue and they just kind of melt away. Yeah, so we have a we do have a discount code for that. It's CTG10, and you get ten percent off, and you can use that as many times as you want every time you order. Well, so I wasn't even interrupting, and I forgot that that's where you're going with that one. I was gonna say you know the most information about this, and I'm really excited because. I'm getting mine set up now, but Inside Tracker. Oh, I almost forgot about them. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I was going. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so Inside Tracker, we've done, uh, if you go back and listen to the Endure the Gauntlet, I think like pre and post race episodes I did with Jared Renier, and we talked about the actual blood tests. So cool information because you can actually, instead of playing guessing games, what's going on inside your body, you can get actually digital results. And it's like, here's where you're overtraining. Here's where you're. You know, you still have room. Here's where what you can improve on your diet. So very user-friendly. You don't need a trainer to figure it out. Um, too much depth, again, because we covered it pretty well in a previous episode. Uh, but we will have bring people on the podcast later this year to talk about their specific results and kind of what they learned and what changes they're making to their training regime or diet coming up. And I know this does sound crazy, everybody, that we're like, oh, how could you forget? But, I mean, again, as a team, we are very honored and blessed. And as team, like we have put in the work and the effort and made some great connections with some amazing sponsors and companies and brought all this to happen for the 12 athletes. And so it's like, geez, could y'all have any more? But I mean, <laughs> this is amazing to have so many awesome supporters and companies um, want to be a part of the sport and want to support our team. And it's just like, it's, it's awesome. And we want to share as much as we can about them. So um, I know Evan, our, you set it up recently. Our Instagram page has like the stories up top so you can see by sponsor all the different options of gear and things that we utilize daily and post about. It's all categorized. So if you have any questions or want to see like what all we've been talking about, kind of actually put into use in real life use, check out Instagram and we have all that there for you. Yeah. And I, the, like, like you're saying, Brent, it seems like excessive almost, but I go with the kind of marginal gains approach to, uh, race cost reduction, right? Like if I can do 50 things that were cost, that reduce the cost of training and racing by, you know, $50, right? Like you make, you make enough little, little gains there. It adds up and it creates a significant cost reduction or profit, um, from, from racing essentially. So in addition to that, on our website, we also updated our home gym. So if you want to, you know, we can't physically train you at most of these because we're not personal trainers at most of them, although some of them, some people are. But if you want to train in the same locations that we're training in, whether that be a Gold's gym or a OCR gym or a climbing gym, we posted those on our website so you can see, you know, what type of environment each of the pro team athletes train in. So I've got some great gyms on there. I know Brenna's goes to Ninja Core when she's out in Atlanta. Uh, I go to Otherworld OCR when I'm visiting family in Maryland, and I go to Apex Climbing Gym here in Kansas City uh, locally. And uh, Brenda also goes to Conquer Fitness in Tulsa. So, Well, that's the other cool thing about it is not only can you see a list of where 
we all like to go and think are really awesome places that would be beneficial to you and you'd enjoy. It's great for, say, if you're traveling for a race, and a lot of us are spread across the country um, as a team, you can look on there and see some good options of places to check out when you're in a new city, and not only check them out, but I don't know, me personally, sometimes I feel really awkward going to a new gym or just a gym in general, even at my, like, peak fitness, I feel weird, like a new kid, and it says, like, written on my face, newbie, don't know anybody. But based off our list, you could go in and kind of feel comfortable knowing that other OCR people have been there. Or say, like, for instance, Ninja Corps, it walk in and say hey to um, Doc and say CTG Protein recommended this. And I feel like I'm already welcoming at home here. So it's kind of a double bonus if you ask me. And then the last one, which we actually hasn't it's, – it's on our webpage and stuff like that, but the details haven't been announced and it's, you can't sign up yet. Brenna, you want to share the last one? Oh, of course. Why not? So super excited to announce that um, the CTG Pro team is kind of partnering and working with hand in hand Mr. Yancey Culp with, with Yancey Camp. Um, I think again, if you have been in the sport or new to it even, and they're looking for training advice and help, um, Yancey Culp is the man to go to. Uh, he is the trainer, OCR coach that runs Yancey Camp, and it's a online training um, program, basically, that has OCR athletes that you can sign up under, like I say, it's an ultra athlete that you look up to that's listed there as one of those athletes. You can sign up under them, you get workouts sent to you weekly, um, you get support and feedback, and so now the CTG Pro Team is going to be part of that, and um, instead of signing up under an individual athlete, you can sign up and request to train under the CTG Pro Team. And basically, we'll have access to workouts and training that we do and um, contact and feedback from the team and from uh, Coach Yancey Culp. Um, so it's really exciting because I personally train under Yancey full-time as an athlete and have for going on my second year now. Um, and his results are proven. You see people that he trains that are some of the top in the sport. And you see new people sign with them, and they progress amazingly. And now that's a benefit to a lot of you because um, Conquer the Gauntlet is a grip intense race. We all know that. We have some of the hardest, toughest grip obstacles. And Yancey has a specific grip training program. So um, now you can sign up with us and get that grip working. Yeah, so for those but of you... not yet, not yet, now, not yet, but yeah. eventually. <laughs> I, know, I know a lot of people are very concerned about grip strength, so that's a... You know, I think our workouts are going to be generally focused towards a four-mile race distance and more towards grip orientation versus if you're preparing for Spartan, you're probably going to want to do more heavy carries and incline, right? So uh, it helps you prepare a little bit more specifically for what uh, CTG has to offer on their race courses. And I think that wraps it up. We've been talking for too long. All right. Oh, gonna, never. People love it. <laughs> I'm going to do no editing and release this episode because we're. I was supposed to release it this morning. So let's slap some music on this bad boy and punch it out to you guys ASAP. Awesome. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. As always, Evan, thanks for bearing with me in my so-easy schedule to deal with. Yep. And, again, head over to teamstrengthspeeds.com. Buy something from the store. I was, you know, considering setting up a Patreon page or something like that to help fund the podcast, but I'd rather just, you know, if you want to show your support, just pick up something from the store, whether it be a shirt or a book or blood mitts. 
uh, just something that lets us know that you know we're still doing a good job and we should still keep producing content and this is value added to the community. So um, you can have that be as your way of thank you as opposed to uh, you know giving money to. Uh, I don't want. I don't want to charge people for content that I think should be free. So um, yeah, we want you to hear it. <laughs> so please, please head over and pick something up. And then again, like we said earlier, the CTG Pro Team website www.ctgproteam was just updated. Just added a ton of stuff, several like additional drop-down menus like travel, um, some more stuff under the recovery and kind of historic rosters. So I know in the past, I know personally I've looked back and been like, oh, who was on the Spartan Pro Team back in year whatever? And uh, we basically did that for our team. We basically, since the beginning of the team, we added, you know, here's what the roster was every single year. So you can see who was on the team. You don't have to play guessing games and try to dig through old online posts to try to figure things out. And then it has like kind of like a blurb for each of our, uh, the people that are no longer on the team because uh, they're still part of the CTG family, still love all of them. And uh, I just wanted to kind of give a shout out and send my appreciation to them for the work they did to help uh, promote Conquer the Gauntlet. So head over and check out the historic roster section too. All right, that's it, Brenna. You good? I'm good. All right. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Later. Later.